This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables, where we share original short fiction stories about produce and its connection to people, culture, and more. Dimitri was enjoying his lunch at the community tables of the original farmer's market in Los Angeles. On his plate was rujak manis, an Indonesian fruit salad with spicy peanut sauce, traditionally made with a mix of tropical fruits, vegetables, and sometimes fried tofu. This time it featured pineapple, sweet potato, jicama, green mango, star fruit, and guava. Many of the kids that were already gathering around him winced as he described the dish. Dimitri laughed. It might sound strange if you did not grow up with it, he said. But part of the wonder of food comes from exploration and experimentation. You can travel the world, literally getting a taste of different cultures, from your seat at this table. Your plate is your plane. Again, the kids giggled as Dimitri lifted his plate and flew it in a circle. Set aside your own cultural norms and pick up your utensil. Your taste buds might be pleasantly surprised, he winked. Each ingredient not only has unique applications based on which corner of the earth you're in, but it also has unique significance. Take, for example, Dimitri picked up a beautiful pink slice of fruit with the tip of his fork. The guava. Guavas have been steeped in mysticism and woven into local folklore since they first arrived in Asia, passed from the hands of Portuguese explorers into the baskets of local farmers. They thrived in the East Asia climate and were quickly established as a staple within Indonesian cuisine, like this very dish. But they were also once considered a forbidden fruit in Filipino mythology. As legend has it, it was all thanks to a generous and kind young boy that the poison was cast out and replaced with its sweetness. The boy lived a long time ago on his family's fruit orchard in the countryside, the Abbas family. The boy was so welcoming and nice, people in the community started calling him Bai, a colloquial term for friendliness. And so, he was known as Bai Abbas. Bai Abbas was especially kind to the needy, and was always giving fruit from the orchard to those in need, as the orchard was filled with many different fruit trees, and only one was inedible, the poisonous guava tree. But then one day, a poor old woman came by seeking a meal, And when Bai Abbas looked around, he saw to his dismay that not a single tree was fruiting, except the forbidden guava tree. And so he prayed to the forest gods that this fruit might safely feed this poor woman in need. His whispers reached the ears of the gods, who were touched by the young boy's pure compassion. They granted his wish and turned the guava into a desirable fruit. Bai Abbas bravely took a bite before feeding it to the woman and he found that it tasted wonderful. From that day, the guava was no longer forbidden, and was named Bayabas in the boy's honor, as it is still known today in Tagalog, the language of the Philippines. Dimitri raised his fork as if to cheers, and ate the guava with delight. 
Although, Dimitri began again as he reached into his pocket, there is another story, another theory for how the fruit not only got its name, but also its crown. Dimitri pulled out a single whole guava fruit from his pocket, as if it were a magic bag, and placed the fruit in the center of the table, sitting upright with its crown of sepals. And it doesn't have anything to do with that young, kind, selfless hero of the first tale. Quite the opposite, in fact. Dimitri took a few more bites of his lunch as the crowd's eagerness grew. As usual, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dimitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. A long time ago, before the Spaniards landed in the Philippines, there lived a king named Barabbas. He was never seen without his crown. Rumors spread that he even slept with it on his head, just to show the people how powerful he was. He had everything he could ever want, power and wealth, and he never let anyone forget it. He was selfish and he was cruel. He would indulge himself in rich, lavish feasts, mocking his servants who looked on with hungry eyes, wastefully letting food fall to the floor just to see the servants' reactions. His people would approach him humbly for help, and every time King Barabbas would refuse, he neglected his kingdom, spending all of his time eating and resting, and his people's resentment toward their so-called king began to grow with their hunger and suffering. One day, King Barabbas was eating from a massive banquet all to himself when an old, poor, hunchback woman appeared out of nowhere and begged him for a bite to eat. Please, my king, begged the woman. I am so hungry. It has been days since I have eaten. Even just a little piece of bread or fruit would make the world of difference to me, please. At first, the king just ignored the woman and reached for another plate from his personal spread. The woman persisted in begging for a bite, and even resorted to tugging at the king's robe slightly in order to get his attention. Oh, you rat! Go away! Can't you see I'm eating? I don't have anything to give, said the king with a mouthful of food. But my king, just a tiny bite. King Barabbas rolled his eyes, and in a fit of impatience, he grabbed a bowl of soup and dumped it on the woman. You made me lose my appetite! Get out at once! The king lashed. To the king's surprise, the old woman brushed her dripping hair from her face and stood upright, revealing her true identity, a young witch. King Barabbas watched curiously, still chewing his food. I've heard how your kingdom is suffering, she began with a different tone of voice than before. I came here, humble and in need of help from the so-called king, and you shoved me away without any consideration or care. You have so much, yet when I asked for just a single bite, you belittled me. You are selfish and you are unloved by your own kingdom. You will be forgotten as soon as you are gone. And with that, the young witch disappeared. King Barabbas waved his hand as if to dismiss the entire event, and went on eating, ordering his servant to clean up the mess he made of his soup. But just a few days later, King Barabbas became sick and weak. No one knew what was wrong with him, but as the days went on, he lost much of his gluttonous weight, and his face grew years older than he actually was. It wasn't long before the king perished. No one in the kingdom cried, and nobody showed up at the burial. King Barabbas died alone, as the young witch predicted. But something curious happened after his death. Some months after a new king was crowned, a plant began to grow from King Barabbas's grave, a plant no one in the kingdom had seen before. It soon grew into a beautiful tree, 
bearing rounded fruits that appeared to be topped with little crowns, which reminded the people in the kingdom of their late king, as did the unripe fruit's sour flavor and small hard seeds as hard as the heart of the king. But as the fruits ripened and became sweet and tasty, the people enjoyed their flavor. They were saved from starvation thanks to the bounty of the healthy fruits from the new tree. Because it grew from the king's grave and shared those similar traits, the people believed that in the king's passing, his soul underwent a dramatic change. Perhaps in the end, in his loneliness, he realized all of his wrongdoings and became selfless, giving himself at last to his people in the form of this crowned fruit that, like him, was a little sour and also, like him, was plentiful. And so the people rejoiced with this new fruit to sustain their families, finally celebrating the late King Barabbas and named the fruit in his honor. In time, the name Barabbas changed to Bayabas, which to this day is the Tagalog word for guava. The end. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specially Produce App on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plate at Earth. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Music